Hi, and welcome to Garris Cast Episode 3 on the topic of online reputation management. My name is Chris Abraham, and I am partners at Garris Corp with Dan Kruger. Hello, Hello. Dan. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Where are you today? I am in uh, Upper Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm uh, just on my computer right now. And uh, it's go ahead. The weather's been amazing. I'm sure you've really benefited from it. Absolutely. It's not as uh, it's not as hot up here as it is where you are in uh, DC, but uh, but it's definitely been beautiful. So well, luckily, um, we haven't had to deal with any. Uh, we haven't had to deal with any humidity, so that's good. Nice. So today's podcast, we're going to be discussing online reputation management, or ORM. I know, Chris, you've been doing ORM for many, many years. Uh, it, why don't you tell us exactly what online reputation management is? Thank you. I've been doing it since uh, 2003 when, when uh, an agency I was with called New Media Strategies developed it. Um, and it, it's very, I mean, there's a lot of new amazing tools, but it's very similar. Uh, it can definitely be seen as being related to the early, uh, tools and, and strategies that, that, uh, we've been using, uh, for the last 15 years. Um, so what, what uh, just, just to step back a little bit, why would someone want to, to use online reputation management or, or what is it exactly? Well, what it is is it's a um, it's a form of creating perception management on search results on Google, Bing, and other search engines. So, in other words, if uh, if you search for Chris Abraham and it comes up, Chris Abraham is a jerk uh, as number one search result on Google, uh, that might that might cut into your success as a small business person uh, or as a or as a big business person, or as a uh, as as anyone really. So, uh, what online reputation management is is a service and a strategy for trying to gain as much control of the first two or three pages, or even just the first page of uh, of, of search engine results. Um, so what, what? Yeah. So I I try to. I've explained this to to people as well, so that in like a real world example, for um, maybe a lawyer or a doctor has something negative posted about them, or an article comes out that it, when you would search for that person's name, the first thing that would pop up would be that article because you know news sort of garners that that top page initial initially because they have you know so hundreds of thousands to millions of of readers, so anything they post would then come up first in uh, in in search engine engine results and and what I explain to people is that what what we do or what online reputation management is is basically we're trying to neutralize that we're we're giving we're we're posting on behalf of that person or that client um, neutral or positive things about them to sort of push down the negative is that would would you say that's uh, correct Yeah, and since I was just thinking about this this morning. Nothing pushed down. It's a convenient way of thinking it, but I decided to use the word "bubbling up" today because uh, that seems to what ha that's that seems to be what happens. Uh, uh, the positive and neutral, and neutral is very important to include all conversations because 
Um, very rarely can you get two pages of glowing testimonials, and I don't even think that would be good. But yeah, that's exactly what it is, Dan. So what would be something neutral? Like if you, and, and this is, I'm just basically just wrapping with you here, but you know, I would say neutral would be like social media profile or, or no, even different than that. There's a, there's a director up in, uh, up in uh, Toronto by the name of Chris Abraham. And he, and in no way, if I were to do a search engine optimization campaign, in no way would I be in any way trying to promote him. But if I'm trying to get neutral results to dominate the first two pages instead of Chris is a jerk, uh, Chris Abraham is a jerk, I'm even going to want to pad uh, or bubble up content that has to do with people who have my name but aren't me. Right. No, that makes complete sense. So in a real world example, um, for a client that will not be named that we uh, worked for, because that's that's another thing is privacy issues with ORM. That's something you, you don't really want anyone to know that you're doing this as, as that particular client. But um, we did do something that had uh, that was related to political, something political last year. And uh, there happened to be someone with the same name as this person um, who was an actor back in the day. So what we were able to do was sort of bubble up that actor's uh, name by, by sort of reintroducing that actor online uh, using all sorts of different uh, profiles, blogs, and, um, and other websites using that actor's name. So the more that name is, is, promote, is bubbled up, then uh, the more the, the negative things about that person with the same name could be sort of uh, flushed down a little bit. Exactly. Um, and if, if, you look, if you look Chris Abraham up in Google, you'll notice that almost all of the first and second pages are, are shared by uh, me, uh, the, uh, the director in Toronto, and a guy who sells tires and a, a computer programmer. So I feel perfectly comfortable in that environment. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think that in a lot of cases, what, what, what is the biggest problem for most of our clients is that most of our clients don't even have enough online resources to, on their very own, just by themselves, be able to populate the, um, by default, when you search on Google or, or, or Bing, uh, if you don't know this, by default, it, it renders 10 search results per page. You can set it up to whatever you want, up to 100, but um, by default, it's 10. So let's say two pages or 20 results. With, with, if, if you are everywhere on Medium, on, on Instagram, on Twitter, and all these other places, you can very quickly... Uh, dominate uh, the first 10 results of Google. It's when, and, and, and we recommend everybody do that as a way of, of armoring their online reputation. However, when, when something drops, like news story or a negative attack, or if you will, an association, or even um, a, a legal accusation, or, or um, uh, even a, 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 an arrest, or or something like that, uh, you the energy of the energy automatically goes to that content, no matter how well armed you are. So online reputation management is a way of of addressing that. And there's three stages 
of online reputation management, and each one costs each one is is many orders of magnitude more expensive or cheaper than the other. The first one is armoring for defense. Nobody ever takes us up to do this for them, but it, it's 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 equivalent of uh, doing what I was just saying, which is making sure that you have blogs, you have foundations, you have yourself mentioned in the news, you have all your social media accounts covered, you publish blogs, you are on Tumblr and Medium, you have an account on WordPress and, and Blogger. Whether the second active, one... Now, now, would it be active? Does it have to be active or these you just own these properties so that you're you're ready to go if something does happen? Well, it doesn't help to to fill the vacuum at least with with uh, profile information, you know, like what what I could say is I'm willing to put things into archive if you go into uh, your YouTube channel, all the different things you can get, and you optimize uh, the descriptions and bios and links and so forth, right? So you can't just create the uh, – there's actually this amazing service that costs about $400, and you get like 900 uh, social media accounts uh, registered for you, um, and then and then mostly populated with a photo and profile and description information, and I would say that that's the least you should do. Not just not just go ahead and grab the uh, grab the, the 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 page and leave it alone, but make sure it at least looks and feels and smells like you. Um, the second one is crisis. That's the one that we did last year, Dan. Uh, that's the like I call it. I call it um, uh, rebuilding. Uh, it, I call it uh, re um, fixing drywall in the middle of a rocket attack. Um, and and you know a lot of people come to you during the crisis management uh, part of a campaign, saying literally the sky is falling. And I, I, I my analogy is, um, it's much easier to clean up a neighborhood that has been bombed than it is to try to make sure a your neighborhood stays unbombed during a rocket attack. Or, or rebuild, uh, it's amazing. rebuild during the attack. Yeah, it's I know exactly. Or, yeah, rebuild during the attack. Yeah, you, you sort of have um, to – we can start, like, like you're saying, like we can start populating and start bringing things in while it's happening, but it's still not going to – it's, it's still not going to dilute if it's if you're in the middle of that attack. Yeah, you're still going to have to live through it. And then the final one, the one that's I think still expensive but most affordable, is you know is is after after crime cleanup. Um, and I'm not saying you know I don't I'm not being judgmental in terms of a crime, but I'm just sort of picturing myself in a hazmat suit with a big brush, a uh, a bucket and and a, and a bottle of bleach, you know, and trying to find ways of cleaning up. Uh, crime scene, like in a uh, like you know law, you never get to see the scene after Law and Order. Um, we're those guys in terms of search results, and it's much better, and you get much better results after um, after the storm is over, and we can go in, you know, after the flood, and after the flood is abated, or even during the end of a flood after it's raining, drain the water and start dealing with it before it it develops any you know allegorical, metaphorical black mold. Um, prefer, I mean, the, the, well, we would prefer to help people armor their brand, um, but nobody does that. The only people in the entire world that do anything like that are 
our um, buildings in San Francisco now that there was a giant earthquake back in the last century. And that's only because the government mandates it. So other than that, people wait for things to break before they fix them. Isn't that your experience, Dan? A hundred percent. Ask me another question. I don't know. I want to stay on task. No, this is good. This is good. So how does, how would you say that uh, ORM would relate to SEO? Well, <laughs> um, well, in an analogy, um, when you do an when you do an SEO campaign, you have control of your site. You have control of all your associated sites, like your LinkedIn, your Facebook pages, your Twitters, and so forth. You have access, and I'm talking about backend administrative root access to your to your blog and to your website and everything like that and then and so you can optimize uh, strategically using uh, tech technological strategies hacks techniques and so forth to optimize for uh, for organic search result success um, and then you only have one of those you really are only trying to get one or two properties to the top of search or at least to the first page now that's organic search op search engine optimization. Online reputation management, on the other hand, is um, is uh, at least ten times, twenty times that of a regular SEO engagement, and that's basically because what you're trying to do is promote all at least nineteen or eighteen or seventeen, depending on how many negative results you have. Your your attempt is to promote at least 19 other uh, positive and neutral uh, uh, search results and sites, uh, most of which you do not have any, any root access to. In other words, while one of those 19 sites that you're promoting, in order to bubble up and to allow the negative stuff to go down, while you might have access to the back end so that you can install a helpful plugin like Yoast or or optimize for page speed, or or optimize for search engine keywords, or connect to Bing Webmaster Tools, or Google Webmaster Tools, or Google Analytics. Um, uh, you can't. You don't have any. You don't have any ability to optimize any of the sites that you're promoting that aren't yours. So you're basically doing a huge SEO campaign where you're pretty much you have your arm. You, you have your hands tied behind your back. Um, and so that's the difference. It's 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 at least ten x more complicated, and it's um, it's it's sort of the equivalent of if all ten of or twenty of your SEO clients, we do SEO services as well. If none of them ever gave you access or administrative rights to any of their websites or their blogs or their social media sites, it makes it really difficult to to optimize what what they need uh, without really uh, working with them in partnership. So who would you say would be like an ideal client for, for an ORM campaign, for an online reputation management campaign? <laughs> well, well my, my perfect client is a whale, right? Everybody wants a whale. Everybody wants a uh, – when I worked at reputation.com, everybody wanted a high net worth, in the, high net worth individual, right? Um, uh, it's easier – to promote an individual person. There's fewer keywords. 
You just have variations of their name. Um, it's only one person. You're not trying to cover an entire brand. Um, you're just trying to cover one person. If um, the the theoretically speaking, it's much easier to defend the president than it is to defend the White House. I mean, you would think, right? I mean, I've seen all those movies. And so um, finding a high net worth individual who realizes that possibly um, the stock associated with their company or uh, their own personal wealth or their ability to generate income can be directly affected by their negative search results on Google, those people open up their wallets and at reputation, you know, with those, with those um, high net worth individuals, uh, they would pay upwards of twenty to $30,000 a month, uh, six months paid in advance, um, and uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bank check that would be delivered by courier before, before anybody lifted a pencil. So, but that's not, I'm not trying to scare all y'all away. Like if you're here looking for help, uh, we, we, like Dan was saying, our meat and potatoes are not this sexy uh, political intrigue guy of last year. Our bread, our bread and butter, our meat and potatoes. Actually, those are things that Dan can't eat. <laughs> or, no, and I, I should, and, and neither should I, and neither should I. Um, but they're, uh, they're, you know, like like Dan said ten minutes ago before I started ranting. Um, doctors, lawyers, anybody whose practice is extremely vulnerable to negative search results. Uh, professional services, right? Um, I mean, we can help global brands, but I mean, I think we're much more effective uh, when you know when you when you understand the value of what we're offering, and we understand how we can. And, and another great thing about about like regional, local, city, and town lawyers, corner lawyers, corner doctors, corner practices, and so forth, is that except in the most like limited cases, <clears throat> exposure is pretty local. You're not generally going to have to suffer from. Uh, you're not generally going to have to suffer from uh, from New York Times mentions or Wall Street. The guy we had last time, Oyve, like we really just we had some big. We had, we had some some of those Jersey black flies buzzing around us that bite Dan. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's no. I mean, we can we can tell we can tailor anything. I I um I I even think we have limited success. I mean, we have partners to help us with things like uh, reviews. Um, reviews are hard. Reviews are obviously weighted strongly in favor of Google search results because Google makes money on those. Um, but there are strategies to engage both autocomplete search results, as well as, um, I'm not gonna name them because if you name them, apparently they come after you, but like the most famous uh, review sites that uh, that are often uh, the gadfly or the fly in the ointment uh, of search engine results and so forth. So I got a little off topic, but you know what I mean. No, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it comes down to how many keywords there are, like even a simple thing, like if I'm going, if you're asking me to do an ORM for all the, practicing doctors in your practice or all the lawyers in your practice, that's not going to be one umbrella thing like that. It's really comes down to how many keywords and each keyword and, and a keyword for your information can be phrases like Chris Abraham sucks. We consider it to be a keyword that's short for keyword phrase. Um, but, uh, 
So it depends. Like if, if, if it's just you and then we can move on to the next person or if it's the entire office, that sort of thing. So uh, what would you say would be the timeline for an ORM campaign? I guess it would be really uh, campaign specific for a particular client, but in general, what would you say would be a, a, a timeline? Well, the biggest problem is that immediately after we start, um, within a couple of weeks, there tends to be a big bump of success. And that, that leads people into a false sense of security that the campaign isn't going to take 12 months. Um, really, um, like, like, like someone who has, someone who's, who's got, you know, AFib, who has heart problems, sometimes <clears throat> their heart will be in a natural sinus rhythm of ba-bump, ba-bump, ba-bump. And sometimes it'll be all over the place. Like within the first three months of a campaign, sometimes it'll, sometimes we'll be winning. Sometimes we'll have setbacks. Uh, it takes a while for Google to trust, and Bing, Bing is much easier. Remember, Dan? Like we would, it's just so much e easier to communicate with with Bing. It is, um, but the problem is no one uses Bing. So. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, uh, three month minimum, but that's only till things get started. That's the three months it takes for your antiarrhythmia uh, medicine to start taking over rhythm of your heart. It's not like a pacemaker. You can't just put it in and you're back to normal. Uh, it'll take at least um, 12 months uh, to really be um, to really be locked in. It's the minimum amount of time necessary to create lasting change in the search results. Um, however, you're going to see some changes within three months. I know that's the longest 90 days ever. And you're going to see a lot of positive changes within six months. But you need to treat, I hate to say it, uh, what are you supposed to do with antibiotics, Dan? What does the doctor tell you never to do? Never take them all at once. Well, no, the doctor says make sure you do your entire script. Make sure you take your entire packet. Right. Right? Like over all the course, things can over happen. The course, yeah, over the course of time that is prescribed. You don't want to take every antibiotic at the very beginning, and you don't want to stop midway through. Because both things can be very dangerous for your health exactly. and very dangerous and very dangerous for um, your reputation. Um, if you if you if you cancel within six months or three months, for example, if a client cancels within six months and there isn't a friendly Passover or handover uh, where they go ahead and receive the, the entire campaign and maintain it on their own, um, that leaving at three months or six months or even the hostile canceling of a campaign means that we're going to shut all of our devices down and that can result in a very extreme and terrible vacuum, um, a vacuum worse than the vacuum that probably existed before the campaign started. So it's really important that we tell every client in advance that slow, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Like um, we're putting a lot of energy into this, mostly front loaded, right? Most of our expense, Dan, happens in the first month, we need to so explain, make a lot of purchases. Maybe you want to explain what the expense really is. So what what are you doing to do this? What costs money? Well, I mean, what costs money is, first of all, it uh, first of all, we, we uh, do a comprehensive purchase of all domain names uh, that uh, that in any way uh, cover your um, 
your name or brand or the keywords that we have associated with you. And that can even include um, Chris Abraham, director in Toronto, Chris Abraham, Tire King, and Chris Abraham, um, uh, academic coder. Like we will go all over the board to dominate all domains. We'll also dominate social. We'll dominate. Um, we'll dominate uh, uh, free blogging and sharing platforms. We will dominate. We will create any number of of, of sites. Um, last campaign we had, we had uh, almost forty. Uh, bespoke sites that were in support of the campaign, and those that paid, didn't even include any sites. of the, Weren't those, those were paid sites, right? And then the the additional that didn't even include the the social and the, the yeah, free close to thirty social stuff exactly. Um, right. So you're building, and then, and then so that so what what costs then, money is the time and the strategy and the investment involved in 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 the front loading of building these sites, and then I guess after. It's the time of populating these sites every day. See, that's, I think that's the key as well is, uh, is, is the time involved in every single day, either submitting to these search engines, uh, these sites, to, so that they're um, constantly being uh, brought at least into the search engine's uh, frontal mind. You know? I know there's lots of different algorithms that the, that the search engines use to to see what's legit and what's not. But if you're also submitting and, and doing new content on a daily basis or, or twice a day or, or every day, and then also it's, it's interlinking between all of these sites to make them. Exactly right. I was going to interject about the interlinking and that's very important too. It's important that, that, uh, that the linking strategy is extremely important as well. And, and all this, uh, it's like, it's like, um, <clears throat> it's it's it, it's it's um it's the equivalent of hiring an entire team of social media managers, right? All that and content managers. You need to create this content. You need to link it. You need to optimize in an SEO like way. I mean, even if you just hire garden variety writers, they might you know off of Fiverr or or Upwork, they might not have the 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 technical merit. To understand how all everything stitches together, right? We're building a quilt, right, Dan? No, that's exactly right. Um, you, yeah. I mean, they can you can hire someone to write an article, but if it's not linked properly, then which is where we come in, and that's the time and and that's the time involved in it. It's hours and hours of work every day to come up with fresh content for every single site. Um, and neutralize the the negative results with uh, with neutral and positive information. And let me and let me let you know that that Google and Bing and everybody else has their eyeballs out for this. I mean, I think I read something like globally, Google has seventy five thousand um, auditors or seventy five hundred, some crazy number. Um, how many auditors does Google employ? Because they're not willing to allow. Um, it's looking for uh, online. I should just. They're they're looking. They have um, they have algorithms to look for things that are copy and paste and like there's there's an entire world of uh, black hat SEO people who are creating entire bot worlds of fake content, um, and Google's got an eyeball for that, and so 
if you're a if you're a cheap SEO guy who's using botnets and all these other things, there's a lack of like every single one of these properties that we create have to look like they were designed, created, and supported by um, someone who had this the exact level of financial creative commitment to doing something like this. So if a corner lawyer does it, um, if it's supposed to have been done by a corner lawyer, it can be a little bit amateurish. But if it's being done by a, um, uh, a whale, you know, there has to be a certain level of fit and finish. Like there's uh, an amazing level that you have to pass, not just the, you, you need to, none of your content needs to be red flag. None of it needs to bring attention to itself. And in a perfect world, Dan, none of our content would be in the top two pages of Google. Our content would be feeding all the natural, neutral, and positive content that would be going to the top of Google anyway. Um, during crisis management gigs like the one last year, um, that didn't happen. Our stuff bubbled to the top because there really wasn't any uh, there really wasn't a lot of new stuff about this particular person. But um, but in general, with old stagnant stuff, our job is also to re revitalize um, stagnant content, link to stagnant content, link to po positive and neutral content that, that isn't as exciting. Um, my, my, my slogan is um, uh, Google will eat anything, but he prefers or she prefers you know, fresh hot donuts. And so if you can create fresh hot donuts, Google's happy. And by fresh hot donuts, I mean everyday content, you know? No, exactly. Uh, this is good. This is good. I think um, I think we're, uh, we're coming to the end of, of today's podcast, but I think what we should do is do sort of a, a, a part two next week and we can have a guest on. Um, yeah. Oh, let's bring, let's bring Juan in. Exactly. One singular sensation, every move that he makes. Okay, one of the we, yeah, one of the people that we work with um, who can also give a, a different perspective than maybe Chris and I on uh, online reputation management and reputation defense um, is uh, Juan Vitez, and we'll, we'll have him on next week. Excellent. I was going to go into do-it-yourself ORM, but I think we've kind of probably spent a lot of time on this. So um, thank you, Dan. And thank you. Uh, and my name is Chris Abraham. That's Dan Kruger. We're partners at Garris Corp. We're a digital agency. You can reach us at garriscorp.com. Otherwise, you can reach us at gerr.is. This podcast lives at gerr.is slash podcast, garriscorp.com slash podcast. Um, and you can also reach us on Twitter at garriscorp.com. Uh, and you can reach us on <clears throat> on on Facebook at facebook.com slash G-E-R-R dot I-S. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Garris, G-E-R-R-I-S. And there you will find um, uh, another way of watching or listening to uh, these podcasts, which I create in a YouTube watchable way um no video no none of neither of our pretty faces but you get to look at the album art for however long this uh recording is which uh 
and uh, we appreciate you. Part This is episode three, Online Reputation Management. Part one, apparently. Part two is next week, and we will be inter- Dan and I will be interviewing our ORM partner, uh, Juan Videz, and we're looking forward to that. And thank you again, Dan, and have a great rest of the week. You got it. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. You too.